This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Dario Ostin is killing it with our rankings from the Scott Fish Bowl, the Seasonal Leagues, Best Ball, Booyah. Check them out on playerprofiler.com and check out Prediction Strike in the App Store. Type in Prediction Strike, promo code UNDERWORLD. Scott Fish Bowl review, Matt Kelly, the pod father. Mike Valverde, Chris Bornagora, how the hell are we doing? We've all been like sort of spitballing ideas about, hey, is this a good strategy for the Scott Fishbowl? Hey, you know, what is it, what is it? so bring it on Dario. He actually knows what he's doing. And then these guys, Cody, Mike and Chris, they really know what they're doing. They are our lead consultants for the Fantasy Intelligence Network. So when you go to Player Profile or click on Fantasy Tools, you can see hire an expert. When you go there, know that, you're going to get linked up with guys of this caliber uh, to help you win your fantasy league this year. So I highly recommend checking that out. And I'm really interested to hear what they think specifically of my team, the team I drafted. I want to get, I want to get a cold, hard clinical analysis from the people that know fantasy teams the best. And, and the great thing about Mike and Chris is that they're super adept at custom scoring systems. So if every year you're challenged by, a league that has wonky scoring or, you know, some, some, uh, you know, one-off attribute that very few other leagues count. Well, Chris and Mike are highly skilled at being able to factor that in and be able to give you, you know, an, an updated cheat sheet for your draft that actually uh, is optimized to your league specific scoring system. And the most famous specific scoring system that's out there. The most famous non-standard scoring system is the Scott Fish Bowl, where I'm drafting Lamar Jackson. I'm drafting Derek Carr with my first two picks. I mean, that is just, if you think about fantasy, even, even straight super flex leagues to start Lamar, Derek Carr isn't really weird. Normal. <laughs> yeah. It's not, not normal at all. <laughs> not recommended even, but in this, in this format. Yeah. It eh. works. <laughs> What do you guys think? What do you guys think? How, how'd I do so far? How am I doing? Well, I, I can't complain about your 211 because I got Derek Carr at 28. So you got him three picks later than I did. So I, I, I think that's wonderful. Um, yeah, I mean, you you got you got a good, good, nice balance there. Uh, I don't know about Cortland Sutton. Uh, I, I think it's going to be either Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, or Tim Patrick. Uh, only two. I only see two out of these, out of these three guys that are going to be uh, excellent with Russell Wilson. So will it be Cortland Sutton? Will it be Jerry Judy? I don't know. But if it is Cortland Sutton, I think that's a great pick. Well, hold uh, on. Oh. Hold on. I went Sutton over McLaurin. DJ Moore was off the board. So I had four guys in mind, right? For these f two picks, I was like Sutton, Johnson, McLaurin, Moore. Moore gets picked well ahead of ADP. And I, I took Sutton thinking, yeah, maybe Deontay will, will fall back to me at, at the 602 but at the very least i'll be able to get mclaurin because the guy at the 512 601 
he needed running back. So I figured, okay, he's probably going to draft at least one running back. And he did. He went Brees Hall. So that opened me up to get Deontay Johnson. Uh, there was a big debate between Sutton versus Johnson. Yeah. I think it's very similar to the Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert debate, where Jackson's much more of a swinging for the fences over Herbert. And the same thing with Johnson uh, on versus Sutton, Sutton more of the uh, home run swing. Yes, for sure. I agree. What do you think, Chris? What do you th- what do you think of this so far? No, I mean I I definitely like it. I um I also picked from two, so we have a lot of similarities. I got Johnson at six oh two. I got Diggs at three eleven. Um, I got Josh Allen at one oh two. So I have Allen and Diggs. Um, Lamar is definitely the type of guy to pursue with that one oh two and take a risk in this format because that offense is going to continue to only work more and more through him. Gives you a lot of upside when you're playing. A, like that less than one percent chance of winning a bit of huge league um taking the shot on a guy like sutton is great you have a lot of strength at receiver you got that early stud tight end you just have a lot of hopes and dreams at running back which is fine you can shoot for for the sky but it's it's looking a little risky with like dobbins Edmonds, gordon but the ceiling case for those guys and then if you go back later with certain guys that you always target like a Tyrion davis price then you know, you can certainly make a good running back room out of that. So to focus on the, the tight end premium, the QB premium, and then the value at receiver early makes makes a lot of sense of exploiting how people draft in a format like this. And then this time of year, July, you can always get away with cheap running backs because these guys are going to rise. You know, once there's an injury in Miami's backfield, Edmonds rises. If, if Gus Edwards is behind schedule on recovery, Dobbins rises. So when you're playing in this type of league where there's 2,000 people playing and you need to be that less than 1%, you certainly did a beautiful job of shooting for ceiling. Mm-hmm. Woo! So upside! I'm Mr. <laughs> upside! Billy's trying to take my title. He's doing a great job on the Dominator show, stealing my title, Mr. Upside. But yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate the the, the, the words of encouragement. So my strategy going into this was because it's tight end super premium, like 2x on tight end production, I wanted to get a stud tight end if possible, and based on you know where we're drafting, you and I both of the 102, I thought there was a good chance that I would get Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins, and it was Carr. And then once it was Carr, I was like, well, that's going to make it easy. I think I could usually get Waller at the 402, sort of a coin flip, whether he'd be there. He was. So, okay, we do have a stack. We do have a, a premium tight end. We're taking advantage of the scoring system. It's super flex. And also with Lamar Jackson, there's one point for a rushing first down. So that's helpful for Lamar Jackson. And then, like you said, you know, building out a wide receiver room of of solid receivers that I, that I know I can start, but also have upside. There's upside with Cooper. When Watson returns, there's upside with Sutton. If he's the true alpha, if he's the DK Metcalf for Russell Wilson. And, you know, anytime you can get Stefan Diggs at the end of a third round in any format, you do that. Right. And then, so knowing that the format is structured, so you must compromise on one position. And I decided to compromise on the one position where I know I can find the most players with league winning upside in the middle and late rounds. If even if you hit on a wide receiver, let's say I hit on a wide receiver late, will he even be close to Deontay Johnson? No, right? That's the difference. If I hit on a running back late, he could be a complete smash like Last year, Elijah Mitchell. This year, oh, 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 Tyrion Davis Price. So this sets me up to just absolutely go ham at running back. You, 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 you guys just wait. 
You wait and see how many running backs I draft. I've got, guess who I have queued up? Guess who I have queued up next? <laughs> let me James guess. Cook, let me guess. James Cook went. I was hoping to get James Cook. James Cook's not going to be available. I know. Guess I know. who I have queued up next? Is it Ronald sure. Jones? It's Ronald Jones, baby! <laughs> We're back! Oh, I want to be right on Ronald Jones every year. That's my goal, is to be right, right, right. Fade, 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 fade. And then when everyone's like, okay, okay, the podfather was right about Ronald Jones. Aha! Aha! Well, Matt, there's there's certainly hope. I got Ronald Jones at the 1502, so you have five rounds. Wait, what? I got Ronald wow. Jones in round 15. Whoa, 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 Cody, pull up the ADP on this. Wow. Go to Spike Week. Pull up the ADP on Ronald Jones. I I, I feel like I have to take him. I feel like I got to take him in the 11th round. I spent four rounds going, I should take Ronald Jones here. He's not going to come back, but I like this other guy. And he just kept coming back until oh, I had to take him. Oh, man. Okay. Maybe I can wait. I don't want to wait, man. I really want Ronald Jones. I mean, we're talking about the between the tackles grinder, the guy that's going to be out there getting all those first downs for the Chiefs offense in the AFC West. Ronald Jones and, or 15 touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's he's going to he's built for those A and B gaps and you get him now near the goal line with that Kansas City offense, you know he's going to be that. Oh, he's Daryl Williams but better, right? So, you know those touchdowns are going to be up there. I got to draft him. All these guys are gone. Patterson's gone. Uh Rashad White just went. So everyone on this ADP board, as Cody's scrolling down, Stevenson's gone, Cook's gone, Ronald Jones is next. I got to take Jones. No, take him. I I, I got I'm lucky. Him, I would have taken him as early as like played. eleven. Yeah, I, I was looking at him since round eleven. I just got lucky. You all know what it is too. I can't believe we're in a world, guys. We're in a world where Ronald Jones is a must draft player. <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, he spent his welcome, especially last year when he got, I think he even got the start. Um, of, of, and then he fumbled what three, three plays later and really never saw the daylight again. Yeah. I think that they, as long as he has a solid camp, he's taking care of the football, may not Tiki Barber level solving fumbleitis, but at least showing that he can, he can be trustworthy with the football, new start, new quarterback, new coaching staff. And really just green grass in front of him. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire stinks. I mean, Jarek McKinnon's in his 30s. What are we talking about here, right? Isaiah Pacheco was a seventh-round pick. I'm, I'm, I can't believe this. So, okay, if Ronald Jones is drafted, and that would be heartbreaking, I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. Would you guys lean more on a rookie like a Pierce, or should I go with an established handcuff on, a, on an offense we really want exposure to like Alexander Madison? Um, if if you're not getting Ronald Jones, my go-to is Daryl Henderson because um, he's kind of the best of both worlds. Everyone's typecasting him as the backup, but I see him as more of like a split backfield, almost like Hunt and Chubb. And people are low on, on Akers. He goes in like the fourth, fifth round. So why aren't we higher on Henderson? He could definitely see fantasy points even if we don't love the player. So you'd go Henderson over Madison because when they were both granted – a starting job in their starts, Madison performed well. Madison's like over 20 fantasy points. Henderson was, uh, you know, he sort of underperformed expectations. I think it depends on your roster and what you need. See, because you already have a guy like Melvin Gordon, you then you don't need that floor of Henderson who will see touches. So yeah, take Madison over him. Cause like you said, if they both were handed the keys, Madison's driving fast. What about yeah. Gainwell? No. I love Gainwell. Should I reach for Gainwell or wait? No, I would yeah. wait. 
it's just, yeah. especially because of the scoring settings, um, you're not really going to get too many of those first downs, and it's a very slim upside case. Wait, it's a slim upside case? I mean, for Gainwell to really... It's not PPR either. It's not full PPR, and I mean, yeah. there's a lot of... There's a lot of work that's going to go to Jalen Hurts, right? No matter who's the lead back. Right. That's the, the fact that it's half PPR is part of the reason why I wanted Dobbins. Mm-hmm. Because the touchdown scoring is, is a greater component. The first downs and the touchdowns are a, a much higher proportion of the total fantasy points than the receptions. So that's what attracted me to Dobbins. I was I was pretty happy to get him where I did, to be honest. Can, can I ask you a question about the Dobbins thing? Uh, I know we came in, we both came in with the zero RB strategy, and you went to the turn and you got Sutton and then Deontay and in that turn went Connor and Brees Hall. Were you looking at Connor or Brees Hall uh, to start the sixth round or were no. you like keep keen on both receivers? Oh, I was, I was looking at ETN. Okay. I wanted ETN over all those guys. I think ETN has, is the best of all worlds. I think he's going to get first downs. I think he's going to be catching lots of passes. I think he's going to be getting first downs. I think he's going to be a focal point of the offense. What are the receivers they have? They don't have any See, alphas. He's going to be their best receiver and so, their best running back. So, question: Why not take ETN over Deontay? Did you did you think ETN was going to make it back in the seventh? To you, structure, yeah. structurally drafting. Yeah, it's all about the structure here, man. I prefer ETN. We have ETN ranked higher, but in terms of the structure of my particular roster, I needed to lock in four starting. You're going to start at least four receivers every week, and I've been in the in the Scott Fishbowl enough years. You're starting four receivers every week, and I wanted to make sure I had four receivers that I could start with confidence every week. We're talking about guys that are putting up 15 or you know 1,100 receiving yards, right, at least per year, you know, five to 10 touchdowns with upside. The whole point of zero RB is you have to make tough choices. When running backs are presented to you at value in those early rounds, you have to be strong and say, no, based on structure, I have to go Derek Carr here. No, based on the scoring, I got to go Waller here. And Waller was both a scoring pick and a structural pick to get the stack. Okay, there were a ton of running backs I liked at the 311, but I got to go Diggs, right? For the same reasons you're going Diggs over Swift, you're going Deontay Johnson over ETN. It's close, but knowing that the whole strategy revolves around hitting on running back, yep. then you know I, I know I got to get my 150 target guy when I can get him. And, and because... I mean, I churned through so many wide receivers the last few years in the Scott Fishbowl, and they've so rarely helped me that I'm just like, listen, I I need four. I got that's just from from experience. I love your four. I mean, I don't. Mari Cooper is your fourth receiver. That's just insane. Well, you you look at all three of you guys. uh, You all got digs in round three. No way. Was that a strategy coming in? No, what? All... Oh, hey, good good for us. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Did you guys all three have that like as a as like a I'm I'm keen in on digs or the value, like I was talking to Chris before, the value just kind of fell to him and he liked the pick. Is that kind of how you both you know, all three of you picked him? Not for me. Um I so I, I was definitely going two quarterbacks uh with the first two picks. That was gonna be definite for sure. And then when Diggs was there available, I'm like there's no way I can pass up on digs. So it was more just a happenstance than anything, but I was, I was extremely excited. I was just like, are you kidding me? Digs at, at this yeah. spot, this is easy. So it, it, it fell to me, but yeah, it was an easy pull. Hey, we I, got a We got a, a comment from Joe Schmo. Joe Schmo uh, has something to say to Chris uh, Bonagora. He believes that Gainwell is 
fine for this format, even though he's small, that he could have an Eckler-like season. It's absolutely possible and, and get a lot more first downs than you might think. So just, just be aware. Same thing with Chase Edmonds, by the way, because the Ch Chase Edmonds, when he was interviewed, you know, Mike McDaniel said, hey, the reason we brought you in is we know you're great at inside zone. And we're going to play a lot of inside zone this year, and you're going to get fed. And so Chase Edmonds is going to get a lot more first downs than you might think for a running back who's like 205 pounds. I think that could also be what Kenny Gainwell is because, you know, I, and, and I've, I've wanted to talk to Cody about this. Cody, how much did you hate those comments from Miles Sanders? Um, yeah, that's you, you hate to see that, especially when he was falling in value and he, he gave you the opportunity to be like, all right, I'm going to start drafting Miles Sanders. And he's going in the range of like the Antonio Gibson thing, which also on Twitter people are hating on. But when Gibson was or when uh, Sanders was like, yeah, I don't really care about fantasy. I'll score two, three points as long as we win. It's like you hate to see that just because obviously the talent that he has, um, maybe it got pushed up a little bit uh, playing with Saquon at Penn State, but coming out and saying that I don't care, whatever, like obviously, obviously not a fan of that. And then Gainwell was that, was that side, a beta move by you? Was it, was would you call it a beta, beta move? move. <laughs> I, I wouldn't call that uh, a beta move as much as just to say um, you look at that one two faced, right? You look at that one from the, from the aspect of, I don't give a shit what anybody else says on the outside, the outside noise. And I can't say like, that's a beta move as, as, incomparable to like the Isaiah Spiller stuff. Um, Cause I think Sanders still has a talent. Sanders has shown he has a little bit of dog in him, uh, but I, I wouldn't call him. A, I wouldn't put him on the beta spectrum though. Did you think he looked soft? Did you think he, he didn't look very uh, like, he doesn't look like someone who lifts weights. I, I wouldn't say that. I would, I mean, he went to Penn state. We got to give him a little credit. I, I, I bet he lifted a little bit of weight, but um, I do I think on Barkley looks like someone who lifts, you know, that, that's the problem weights. though, right? We're comparing him and Saquon, we've been comparing him. Derrick Henry. His, yeah. Most of his career, we've been comparing him to Saquon because he went to Penn state after him. And it was like, all right, you're next. And quite frankly, there's nobody that's next when you're talking about Saquon. Right. Um, but I, I, I mean, I, in comparison, I would say like, he's got to be the running back version of Terry McLaurin where he hasn't done anything really. He really hasn't done anything and he's getting kind of looked at and he's getting paid and he's getting um, kind of, pushed up as if he's like this top 10 running back and Terry McLaurin top 10 receiver. Neither of them are who's getting pushed up Sanders as far, like as far as like a, the perceived talent, really from, from the outside, like in general, you look at Sanders and you'd be like, all right, Sanders is good. a lot of people on Twitter have been like the Sanders is great. They just don't give him the opportunities. Da, 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 da. I'm not saying he's top 10. I'm saying like, so I think, I think, point. yes, I think well, here's my thing. He is very good. He is very yeah. talented, but I don't necessarily think that he wants to take his game to the next level. That doesn't seem to be something he's obsessed about. I don't it's see like, anything like, on Instagram like Austin Eckler. Yeah. If you're if you're even remotely undersized at running back, you need to go so hard with your strength and conditioning. Yes, if you're Leonard yeah. Fournette, you can get away with it. But if you're Miles Sanders, you're 210 pounds, you can't get away with that shit, right? You gotta put in so much work in the off season. You have to want it so bad. And after a few years, if you haven't translated those skills, that dynamism into being an on like a, a true workhorse at the NFL level, where the team wants you to be there in there in all game situations, it, like to the point where Eckler, he's trying to get off the field and they won't let him right. That that's not what's happening with Sanders. That's the thing with Sanders, man. I, I get worried that the mental side sort of passed him by and that we were drafting him on talent for That's a bunch true. of years. But now it's like time to come to Jesus a little bit. Yep. Anyway, draft Kenny Gainwell. Isn't that the case for Kenny Gainwell? So, okay, I'm not going to go Gainwell. Okay, but I need a contingency plan. Okay. 
basically Ronald Jones and then Alexander Madison. Those are my two picks. After that, you think I should go with like a Pierce and then wait? Uh, because I, I probably can get Gainwell in a few picks. Uh, so I, I guess I will do that based on ADP and based on what you guys are telling me. But I can tell you that if there's one guy I want to reach for, it's fucking Kenny Gainwell. I think, um, honestly, if Ronald Jones isn't there, I would look back at receiver again. Um, I think you're underestimating a little bit how a lot of these running backs that we all like are going to fall. People are really start getting crazy in round 11 in, in the Scott Fishbowl, I've noticed. You're going to start seeing kickers go, backup quarterbacks, um, Kendrick Bourne, like crazy picks, and players will fall. I don't think you have to force uh, a round 11 running back right here. Okay, question then. Okay, what about a wide receiver that I think it helped me later, like, say, Jamison Williams? Mm-hmm. I avoid Williams altogether. Okay. Avoid Williams. What about Garrett Wilson? Garrett Wilson, I would take over Jameson Williams for sure. Traylon but, Burks. Oh, yeah. Oh, Burks. oh come on. If Burks yeah. is there, you got to take Traylon Burks. Yeah. Burks would be my number one guy. Um, All right. So I'm, I'm moving Burks up. We're, we're taking Burks over Jones. Yeah. I, I think Burks should be the next pick. If he's there, I, I took him in round um, nine at the 9 11, um, just because the ceiling case is outlandish even if he has the riskiest floor of the high-end rookie receivers and again in scott fishbowl with these crazy scoring settings and then the fact that you're playing against thousands of people in a sense i'm just gonna shoot for burke what about chase claypool i love claypool um i'm going to my tiebreaker there would just be that i think tennessee's the more functional offense this year and i want to try to get players on functional teams where claypool has a quarterback problem so what you're thinking i should do is go Burks Claypool, wait two picks, and then go for Ronald Jones. That would be fantastic. And honestly, if he if you don't get him, it's unfortunate, but it doesn't tank your chances of winning. There's other guys. So I, I would try to wait one more round of turns and get really good value on Ronald Jones. What about what about going back to the well at tight end with an Albert O? I'm gonna send that one to Mike. I feel like he's he's more <laughs> committed on a guy like Albert O. <laughs> But no, but when I'm talking about structurally, I have Waller. And then the logic is if Waller doesn't hit, then you're dead anyway. Yeah, I mean, you invested heavily in, in, into Waller. I'm Titan premium, even with the extra premium, is always a soft spot for me because I feel like people very much overweigh the premium for tight end. Um, and with a guy like, it makes sense to really push the needle on volume tight ends. Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, guys that are going to catch a million balls this year get even more points. But Alberto is going to have to live on efficiency and touchdowns to be worth his cost. So you don't even really get the extra premium because it's a premium on receptions. And in that offense, do we really see Alberto being a crazy target hog? Probably not. You know, he if he's going to do it, he's going to need 10 touchdowns. And now over a guy like Traylon Burks, I think Burks helps your lineup more than Al- Alberto, given you have Waller. Had you not taken Waller, then that is a good spot for Al- Alberto. That's actually round 11 is where I took Irv Smith as my first tight end. Oh, so you waited forever. I waited because wow. here's the thing. Waller didn't fall to me at four. Waller went at three, nine in my draft. Yes, I would have taken that Waller. Yeah. That happens. That happens. Okay. So I basically had a dream draft so far. You had a very good draft. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, Cody, if you want, I think um, if you want to pull up my draft, it's a really good example of how the draft dictates your team at even the same slot because our teams yes. look similar, but there's differences. So I punted tight end and I went with a, a anchor RB approach. I took Najee Harris at 211 because I think he genuinely could be the 101. And um, I got Diggs at three. 
I ended up taking Matt Ryan at four. So instead of uh, Lamar Carr, I have Allen Ryan, which I think those are pretty equal. Carr is definitely better than than Ryan, but I don't think I'm that far behind in quarterback. And then I did go 5'11 ETN instead of Matt, who went Cortland Sutton. So I have that anchor RB1, RB2, and then I didn't draft another running back until round 13. Because I said, hey, like if one of these two guys get gets hurt, it doesn't matter if I have Antonio Gibson, right? Like I don't want to spend my eighth round pick on a, another back. I'm really betting on these two guys to pull it off. And then I just have a gaggle of receivers to, to pick from. And I'm just hoping two or three of them pop. Yeah, I, I would have gone with a receiver over ETN, especially because you, you decided to invest heavily in Harris as your hero RB. Yeah. Who was there at that ETN pick? Do you do you, do you know offhand, Chris? Like, yeah, far, I have my, my draft board here. You so, said Sutton was there. Um, so I, th- this pick was kind of a result of the volume of drafting that I do, because um, I probably the better picks were the next two picks that Halal took at the turn. It was Mike Williams and DJ Moore, which are more high end wide oh, receivers. Oh yeah, I didn't know those guys were available. Yeah, those those were probably the the right picks. Um. But I just am so exposed to those guys and like on, on underdog and best ball mania that I just wanted to take variation in the Scott Fishbowl. And I'm I don't really regret the choice because, again, like between Darnell movie, Traylon Burks, Chris Olave, Juju Smith-Schuster, one of these guys will return the same value that I would have gotten from DJ Moore or Mike Williams. And I'm willing to just take that shotgun approach in the middle rounds, knowing that in the late rounds, I can still load up on the other positions. I still got Daryl Henderson, Ronald Jones, and Tyrion Davis Price in rounds 13 to 16 to back up my running back room. And again, I have a lot of upside at receiver, even though two or three of them are going to probably give me zeros. Yeah, so one of these receivers is going to bust. We know that. Burks over Olave. Wow, Olave's gone in my league. I would have liked to have Olave. So you're, was, you're, you're in on Burks. I'm in on both. I actually, they're like neck and neck for me. And I guess it depends on the day, which one I take first. I was very confident Olave would come back to me. So that's why I took Burks. Right, um, right, right. Yeah. Uh, because that was game I'm, theory. Game theoretical yeah. uh, pick there. I'm also, so the guy at the turn, uh, you know, H. Chami, he's a Roto Underworld guy. He famously took Jonathan Taylor 101 last year. Um, this is a guy I follow much more closely. You know, we in, in, interact a lot on Twitter. So part of my draft theory also has to play in that I have an idea of his tendencies. And I was pretty confident I could get Olave back because I kind of know him. Um, but Chris Olave is really good. I'm just going to say, like, he's he has a really good case for upside this year. Um, I just think the ceiling is a hair higher on Burks. But the risk is way more. I mean, I'd be blown away if Chris Olave isn't at least like the wide receiver thirty. Yeah, you 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 definitely got away with uh, you know Mooney, Burks, Olave. You're 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 going to be happy with this wide receiver room, and uh, eventually you're going to have to pick a tight end, I guess, huh? Who'd you end up going with a tight end? You said Albert O. So no, so I got um, round eleven. I took Irv Smith, and round. 14 i took evan engram and i just need to fill that tight end slot and otherwise tight end isn't really gonna be in my flex well irv smith is in the right offense man i mean with the exception of a few players you're you're generally taking players in in the top offenses um or i am you're not really i mean if you look at your team i guess another another criticism would be matt ryan not a that's a run first offense Najee harris is going to be in a bottom 10 offense travis Etienne bottom 10 offense Darnell Mooney, bottom five offense. Burks, run first team. 
Olave offense in transition. That would be my one criticism is a lot of these players are not actually on top offenses. And then in the late rounds, you started doing that with Henderson and Jones, Tyrion Davis price. It's going to be a, you know, it's going to be a team that runs the ball maybe more than any other in Tim Patrick. So generally speaking, I'm trying, I'm trying to lean on players like the Cortland Sutton case or the Mike Williams case, like you talked about is that they're going to be in the shootout after shootout after shootout. I mean, we talk a lot about it and I know their ADPs are up in the AFC West. Uh, and now there's more and more analysts talking about just going all in on the AFC West, but I still think there's a little bit of room to go with some of these AFC West players that they're going to, they're going to go up even higher, like a, getting Mike Williams there would have been nice. You're, you're completely correct. Um, Probably my biggest mistake of this draft is I'm overexposed on bad teams. Two Jacksonville players and two Pittsburgh players is very painful, very painful to look at. Um, but again, I'm just I'm really into this idea of just riding this less than one percent outcome. And as much as we love these uh, this NFC West, AFC West divisional matchup this year and how good these teams are going to be, I think it's something like 56 percent of games projected for over 60 total points are in these two divisions. It's incredible. I'm not going to say for sure that's going to be the outcome, though, right? Because this is sports. We never actually know. Our good oh, cases man. Did you hear that, talk. everybody? Did you hear that? Chris went, this is sports on us. <laughs> this is sports. Oh, I can't just lock that the in. Argument. The Podfather wins. He said this is sports. Right? <laughs> oh, that's it. Good it's sports. <laughs> I don't have a crystal ball, Matt, but I can tell you Evan Engram. <laughs> Evan Engram is undervalued by far. I, You know what it is? Every year there's this guy, this undrafted guy who reclaims his career. We had Darren Waller, Logan Thomas. Now it's Evan Engram. Um, he came out himself and said he went to Jacksonville because he thinks Doug Peterson can help him turn this boat around. He still has commanded 100 targets the last two years, even if it was bad. Oh, and yeah, no, this if, is, he's going to get a bunch of first downs, man. There's there's so much hope for Engram, and that team lacks a true wide receiver one. So, again, I am I just went, hey, like, Hail Mary on tight end, and that's really going to be what makes or breaks this team. If one of those two guys pops, I get a huge advantage. If they You arguably pop, have I the won. best receivers on Jacksonville. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's what I was going for. And I think Trevor Lawrence is good. Yikes. And if Trevor Lawrence steps up, I'm getting quality targets to these guys. What do you guys think of my strategy, which wasn't my strategy originally? It just sort of worked out this way that um, I'm, I'm all in on Pittsburgh and Baltimore week 14. And then they turn right around again. They do this all the time. Pittsburgh Baltimore games are always at the end of the year to maximize viewership and engagement. Week 14, which is the Scott Fishbowl playoffs have started by then. I think it's week two of the playoffs. And then uh, <clears throat> week 17. So I'm game stacking Lamar, Dobbins, Deontay. Yeah. Good I up. mean, I, I think especially, I mean, that Pittsburgh's defense is no joke, but you know it's going to be probably one of those games where the defenses always look very good on paper and then they go out and play and it's like 42 to 35 kind of game. It's weird. Um, when they play, you have the once in a while, you have a shootout. Most of the time, the game goes under when those teams play. Historically, that's the, that's the indication, but I mean, I'm, I'm drafting a uh, Pittsburgh receivers to go up against, you know, one of the weaker secondaries in the league the last few years. And one of the weaker rushing defenses has been the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's right. why you want JK Dobbins. So just because historically it's been a, a low scoring game the last few years, doesn't mean that it's not going to be shootouts this year. That's not in any way indicative of what's going to happen. It's not like Pittsburgh players 
like really dig deep because all oh, the Ravens are here and I'm going to start playing good this week. I was bad last week, but because it's the Ravens, I'm going to be good this week. That's not how football works. No, it doesn't work that way. No, <laughs> it, it's like the, that magic crystal ball where someone, you know, father's quarterback's father is die. And then you expect, you know, this guy to go out and throw seven touchdowns. And, you know, sometimes it happens, but most of the time it's, you know, a normal average game. We, we just expect human superhuman effects just because something tragic has happened or because they're playing such and such, or they're playing for this reason. It, it's yeah. As you said, football doesn't work that way. What is Cody? Could you go back to spike week and pull up the, the, the ADP on uh, chase Claypool? I just want to make sure I'm getting good value. I am not a chase Claypool enthusiast. And if I already have Deontay Johnson, my exposure to the Steelers is suddenly really high. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not big on Claypool either, especially with George Pickens there. Um, so should I take Claypool out of my queue and, and just go for Burks? I would. That's what I would do. What do you think, Chris? To come on, get get on the other side of this. Um, get on the other side of this. Uh, I Claypool's price is great. I it's Claypool for me is a temperament pick. It's what do you prefer? Because he is on he is underpriced. I mean, the dude's talented. Um, he, he has the right mindset to think he's a top three receiver in the NFL. I don't know why people are trashing him for that. I don't know why people are trashing him. You got to be confident. You're a wide receiver at the highest level of sports. It's it's really hard to do it with Dante already on, on your team. Um, yeah. But there is a ceiling case. I mean, the guy's good. He's underpriced, and he falls in his range of receiver where – if he hits, it's going to be incredible value in round 11. But I don't think for this team, you have to pull the trigger on him so ag- aggressively, but you probably won't get him if you pass on him here. No, he's he's next up in ADP. It's yeah. Burks and Claypool. When I'm looking at the ADPs, they're next. And then it's down to Garrett Wilson. And then it's down to like guys I don't really want, like Christian Watson, you yeah. know, fringy guys, guys you can't start confidently. Tyler Boyd, I like him, can't start him confidently. I don't want Jarvis Landry. Tim Patrick's nice, but I have I mean, Sutton. I mean, Rondale Moore. Top, I mean, it right? gets it gets ugly very quickly. Maybe I gotta get. I think I should get Claypool just because I know how ugly receiver is gonna get. Um, I receiver does get a little ugly, but I just you know now we're circling back into players on so so offenses, and now you're starting to rack them up too. And I'm telling you, in the next five rounds, you'll still have guys like Lazard and Tyler Boyd and Tim Patrick, and not the sexiest names, but they're functional. They're good players. Jacoby Myers. Best. How about Jacoby, Jacoby Myers? Myers is Does he there. get that? That's what I'm saying. Like Claypool is great, but even if he pops and you miss on him, I don't think it's going to cost you your fantasy league, and you can still get weeks out of Jacoby Myers instead. You know. So are you saying I should drop Claypool from my queue and just go for Madison if he's there or Ronald Jones? Help me. Help me. I don't like Claypool at all. I really don't. I mean, <laughs> yes! it, this you you're you're looking at Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris, George Pickens, um, De- Deontay Johnson, and then Claypool. I mean, w- and then you you wrap all that up. You got divide all this this volume, and then you got Kenny Pickett throwing the ball. You have if it's not Kenny Pickett, it's Mitchell Trubisky throwing the. No, I, I I'm staying away from Claypool this year for for certain. Ronald Jones. I'd take Ronald Jones because at least you know he's going to score some touchdowns. I'm going Ronald Jones, Chris. Mike got me. <laughs> All right, executive decision. We're going Ronald Jones, and we're going to rationalize it as the first down premium is really helpful here. Right, and, and like, again, if Dalvin Cook misses time, I'm going to want to have Alexander Madison, too. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, at Madison is great. Um, he's not, If you look at last year, he was putting up the same amount of points when he got the start when Dalvin Cook was injured that Dalvin Cook was doing. 
So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not saying, of course, Madison is as good as Cook, but it's getting a lot closer as Cook ages. I think um, I, I definitely think if Burks is there, you have to take Burks. And only because, you know, I, I know, Matt, you've been saying a lot that you don't want to have a gaggle of around 18 plus receivers on your roster and you don't want to accidentally walk yourself into a situation where now you're forced to to do that and even if you feel uncomfortable you might have to pull the trigger on burks but well, i'm gonna uh, burks is number one okay all right okay, burks, as as burks is uh, let's just one. get this straight yeah burks is number one on the list then it's ronald jones then madison got it then, then i'll then... consider claypool because you guys are talking me out of gainwell you think i should wait and try to get gainwell on the way you can uh, wait gainwell in, went uh, 16th round for me yeah, you could right. definitely yeah. wait on Gainwell. I don't. Okay, think I'll, I'll, I'll get Gainwell thirteenth round, but I do. I just want to be on record saying I love Gainwell. Nope, Cody, I'll, do you agree with this? Me, me <laughs> double tapping running back here and not not going Claypool if he's available. Hope someone drafts him. Just lets me off the hook. I I do just because of your team build. You have enough receivers. I I I mean I do think you have enough running backs at this point that I would I could see the argument for waiting. Um, let me pull your team back up here. Um, did you make a round eleven pick yet? No, is that you're in round eleven? Now I'm waiting to take my round okay. eleven guy. I would, I mean, I would go receiver. I think I would. I think I would lean receiver. Like I just took my first running back in round eleven, so um, I got six guys, and I, that makes me feel much better. Um, mm. You still have question marks with Amari Cooper. I think you're talking about Burks. I think you're talking about Myers. I think you're talking about guys that are going to get opportunities regardless of situation elsewhere. Um, whereas I, I see the the the, the Lazard conversation. Uh, he's going to be there in a few rounds, but. Like he just said, Gainwell can be there around 15, 16. There's a lot of running backs that are going to be there way later, and that's kind of why I formatted my team to be zero RB. Just started going around 11. I took Melvin Gordon, and that's the whole second half of my draft is going to be running backs for that exact reason. So I would I would go receiver. I would double-tap receiver. All right, so I'm going to go running back. <laughs> I've had it. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Set you up, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> pull up mike's team more digs more digs more digs dig, look dig. at this look at the i love seeing the car digs so much digs so walk us through the double tight end strategy this this threw me mike yeah um i got i got a little i think trigger happy with tight ends um and so i wanted schultz definitely because i believe he's a tight end five and then i saw hawkinson there at six and I'm like, okay, maximize tight ends. It's sort of that that one percent risk, roll the dice and see what happens kind of situation because I think that's the only way to win the Scott Fishbowl is to you 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 got to take chances, um, as you guys have been saying. Um, so that was sort of my my chance right there. Let's see what happens, kind of thing. And I probably should have gone either running back or wide receiver there, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, yeah, I mean that's the thing with hindsight, man. Looking back at these boards. Had you known Hawkinson would be there, you wouldn't have drafted Schultz. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. You um, didn't know. Right. They, yeah. And then so when I saw Hawkinson there, it was like, oh, okay, now I can have both. And got over my skis and a little too excited. And yeah, it didn't shouldn't have done that. What about Kenneth Walker? Talk talk to us about Kenneth Walker. That seems early for Walker. So ADP, it's okay, but um, I had sort of a backup plan. I was going to go Kenny Walker, and then I was going to go Penny and sort of lock that Seattle backfield up. Um, unfortunately, I got sniped. I've been sniped so many times in this draft. I got, like, Swiss cheese holes all over me, um, and it, it's 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 been very competitive. But that was sort of my plan was to get both Walker and Penny just to have that very solid backfield. 
but now you, but whatever. I mean, now you have, you have Saquon at least, right? Yeah. This, is a, this is a proper hero RB. It's just, man, this, this, the second tight end you took is really, it really, it, it has all these like fifth and 10th order consequences for your team. Yeah. I should not have gone back to back tight ends. That, that was very just, yeah, a big dumb mistake. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I did this. Billy was giving me a hard time last night that I double tapped quarterback in a draft that we're in. And I was like, well, the value was too much. I couldn't, I couldn't not take Stafford. He's like, you know, sometimes you got to stare at that value and, and for structural purposes only, yep. you need to move on and ignore it. Yep. And, and you let someone else have him, knowing that you, you, when you actually look back, and you look at the opportunity cost, like, oh, I could have had player X and Y or player A and B. You'd have been better off with player A and B had you just not drafted that quarterback in spite of the value. And it, and, and this is why we're drafting now. This is why we're doing so many drafts now so that by the time August rolls around, like, we're going to have this dialed. There's going to be no mistakes. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's it's really good practice. I mean, I, I always say, um, the two things I always say is know your rules of the, of the league. That's number one. You got to have, uh, if I ask you a pop question, you got to know, you got to spit it out to me. That's how well you need to know the league rules. Well, I mean, you guys, you got Saquon in the fourth round. I mean, that was crazy in the middle of the fourth round. This is definitely a draft of someone who is finely tuned to the rules. That's what I see. When I look at this draft, I'm like, okay, this guy understands the rules really well. This game. I, I try. Yeah, that that's something. I mean, I've been doing this 30 plus years, so that that's always been a credo of mine is to know, definitely know the rules um, and don't make mistakes like I did with five and six. Um, that 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 is something I've known, you know, for a very long time. And it's like picking two defenses back to back. You, you just don't do it. Right. Um, so I, I, I bucked one of my cardinal sins. Um, but. Who knows? We'll see what 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 happens with dude. You did it on on two tight ends that could be absolutely bonkers this year and and, and outscore most of the wide receivers. So I I I, I, I I'm definitely not I'm, I'm definitely not against it by any means. I don't like it. <laughs> I appreciate it. I, I appreciate the confidence, but I I look at it and I go and I just shake my head and go. Well, no. The lesson that? learned from this is that you know had that been a receiver, you'd be in so much better position to pound. Yep running backs in the second half it's mm -hmm. really when you talk about zero rb you're just trying to set your team up so that you can feel confident about letting all these other positions get by you like i'm not looking at other quarterbacks i'm not getting wooed by zach wilson i'm not getting wooed by albert quick although i was and then chris made sure i wouldn't <laughs> and you know so yes i'm getting wooed by Traylon burks but that, that, that's it that's gonna be it right then it's gonna be all about a running back party for the rest of the draft, because there are from, like I said, Tyrion Davis price, one running back that I really want to get. Let me know what you guys think about this. What do you guys think about targeting Chris Evans? Let's see yeah. Cincinnati um, from Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Out of Michigan. Good. He's pretty good receiver um, out of the backfield, but yeah, he's got size. He's got receiving skills and he's better than Samaj P. Ryan. The one lesson learned isn't like, Oh, we need to feed Mixon in all these critical game situations, which they should be doing. Another lesson was just, hey, Pirine ain't it, okay? Pirine's not going to get that first down in that critical situation. You need to give it to someone with a little more explosiveness, and I think Chris Evans is going to win that job. He's going to be out there in third downs at least with workhorse potential if Miss, you know, Mixon misses some games. 
Yeah, and it's his second season. He he uh P Ryan got more of the volume last year, but that was because Evans was probably just a rookie and um and with P Ryan, he's been there, you know, for what four or five years now being Mixon's backup. Uh so he he definitely had the upper hand. But now that uh Evans has been there for two years and he's a much better receiver, a little quicker around the end, um, there yeah, most definitely. What do you think, Chris? What do you think about Evans? I think uh it's a very good case for um league type and size so in the scott fishbowl this there is waivers but it's very slim so taking a shot on evans in your draft makes sense you know this isn't a 10 person redraft league with 12 teams where you would never draft a guy like that um i just i feel like evans was one popular blurb in march and it's just been taking off and i can't really care too much about a fringe running back um who's pretty much maybe the third down back maybe he beats p ryan i'm not sure i understand the talent and the case but he really gave us nothing last year so i'm not really forcing the matter but if that's part of your team build there certainly is the upside case and you know you can get him super late it's not going to cost you anything and in this size league where you're having a really hard time playing the waiver wire those are the types of guys to target because what mike said about the upside is true so I'm in another league right now, a best ball league, the player profiler, you know, video championships where we, we video all our takes and, and send them to Billy and he stitches them together. And I'm drafting between all these killers, all these murderers. And uh, Abib is next to me and he he won the football guys championship last year. He took Evans at the one six one the pick after I took Marlon Mack, which was about 20 picks earlier than I've ever seen him go. And so when someone with those bona fides drafts a player, a fringe player, well ahead of ADP, I I, I take notice. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you have to. Point. That, that's what always screws up my ADP list. It's like, okay, you create your ADP list and then you go see EBC or whatever else. And then you're like, oh, this guy has him like 10 spots higher. What, what am I doing wrong? I, I, I need to figure this out. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's one of those things when someone who's you know has a credibility saying, okay, this is what you should do. And then you're like, okay, maybe this is what I should do. Yeah. yeah I I, like, I, oh, my God. I was like, what are they doing? What are they doing? Uh, first and 15, Chris Evans? Really? Yeah, okay. Uh, I got to, you know, make sure I, I have him. Ranked a little bit higher next time. Where 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 I'm prepared to draft him. It's just changing the paradigm. So I, that's a guy I am absolutely circling for the Scott Fishbowl. Terrian Davis Price is is probably the number one because he's not that strong of a pass catcher. But in that offense, when they're going to be rushing with huge volume and a lot of rushing first downs, Terrian Davis Price very attractive to me. I will I will add. A plus for Evans. The Bengals by far ran like the fewest plays inside the 10 yard line last year and had the most touchdowns from outside the red zone. So they should get closer to the league median, which means there is a potential for even more rushing volume and rushing touchdown volume. So again, if Evans will probably vulture some of those for sure. And if Mixon goes down, there's now a path. Right. What about what Cody? Pull up your team. I'm still trying to get over the eyesore that was those back-to-back -back tight ends in Mike's draft. <laughs> he <laughs> learned glaring too, man. They are so glaring. We're all allowed to make mistakes. Even the best in the world make mistakes once in a while. <laughs> Abib admitted that he made a mistake when I was talking to him with Trey, taking Trey Lance over Dak Prescott. Everybody makes mistakes, even the greatest in the world. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, yeah, let's just hope it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> Carpentier, this is a very fundamentally sound structure. Holy cow. This is someone who stacks plates 
Damn. <laughs> what, what, what do you what do you think here of the the Gordon Singletary? So I can can you hear that's coming back? Do you have, no, do you, have your, do you have your headphones yeah. turned on? Yeah, I'm I'm connected. Okay, it sounds fine. It's no echo now. Right. Get a little um, echo there. So I had a lave staring at me in the eyes right here uh, at this turn at the 10, 12, 11, 1. And I went Gordon Singletary because I shipped running back to this point. And obviously, we're all on the same page with about Chris Olave. Got him number one in the rookie draft guide at wide receiver. Have, and I think he's the most fundamentally sound receiver in this class. But with this build, would have you went Chris Olave over one of these two running backs? Or you need two running backs. You need to start two running backs. Would you start picking running backs here? Because that's a good value. I thought I thought it was a great value. But then, really, honestly, I've been staring at that pick. I've been staring. I picked Melvin, and then I was staring at Olave and Singletary. Chris mentioned, he's like, man, I wouldn't go Singletary. I was looking at Olave, the value, and you said what you said about Billy, about the Stafford thing, the value versus the team build. And I was like, you, you got to watch out for the value traps, man. You you just you stared at the value trap, and you said, not today. Yeah. Not today. No value trap today. But dude, Melvin Gordon was an incredible value. You could argue Melvin Gordon an even better value where you got him than Chris Olave. Yeah. I mean, I thought I, I don't mean, think I don't think it was a big deal at all. You got you got Gordon out of it. You got Ronald up, Jones, I'd have been like, um, yeah. probably not. <laughs> I'm gonna end up with eight or nine running backs. So I'm I'm fairly fairly confident in having like a, a Gordon in a singletary. I know Javante's there, I know James Cook is there, but these guys are gonna get the run. And uh I I just Again, I'm not confident. I don't love it, but I'm, I'm trying it. I'm having some fun with Scott Fishbowl. The point of it is to have fun. It's not like it's this big high stakes league, but um, I don't know. Never well, reputationally, it's, there's yeah. high stakes. Well, yeah, but I mean, push zero RB to round ten. I don't think I've ever done that before, all the way to round ten. But yeah, I yeah that. But that's Scott Fishbowl do that to you, you know. Um, and you, Nick uh, Whalen also is voided. RBs as well so um it, this this is definitely a thing i i don't see any problem with what you did um in with gordon singletary i like singletary this year especially at that kind of value i think he's a top 24 running back uh, melvin gordon is good value as well yeah i mean don't and you got plenty of wide receivers so i yeah i don't i don't see a problem with that at all who hated the devin singletary pick guilty as charged oh. <laughs> Really at RB thirty six? I no no I I didn't say I hate it. What the words I said to Cody was it's it's his team and it's going to be who he likes. I think Singletary is fine there. I think Singletary could have gone even earlier and been fine. I don't think he's bad. It's it's just not for me. Part of my strategy this year is I'm very much less interested in running backs tethered to quarterbacks who are running backs, and it it just. I don't like the lack of touchdown upside when Allen's on the field. And if yeah. Allen gets hurt, the offense is just worse. Um, but everything's situational when we're talking about drafts. It's a lot of game theory. And in this for this team, if Cody, to, to use your 11th round pick to just ensure you get 10 points in your RB2 slot in week one and potentially 20 points, I think that's fine. You, you, you have to get as many wins as you possibly can. And your league doesn't end when the draft ends. This isn't best ball. You're still managing a team. And none of it's going to matter because you got Michael Pittman in round four. Michael Pittman's going to score on 25 points a week. He's going to win anyway. So it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, dude, fine. T. Higgins in the – I mean, what? Yeah, what are we, he has DeAndre Hopkins Look to come this. in week, week seven, and just now he has yeah, five wide receiver driving. ones in his flex. You don't yep. need running backs when Gabe Davis is your wide receiver six. Like That's right. Yeah, you have Kyle I mean, Pitts who's going to catch 120 balls and get an extra half point for each catch. Like, you're okay. Here's what I would say, though. Here's what I would say. 
Here's what I would say. This is a great point. We're trying to win a tournament with thousands of people. Is Devin Singletary going to be the guy that gets you there? Probably not. Is he going to be nope. in your lineup when you're playing in week 16, 17 to win the Scott Fishbowl? I hope not. Okay. Yeah. I hope not. So knowing that, if you're just trying to start a guy in week one, I would say there's, I would, Marlon Mack later would be that guy or Damian Williams. If, if you need that guy, that guy's going to be available in the second half of the draft, a plug and play running back. When I'm guessing at the, at the 1101, there were some true upside plays at running back available. Were there not? I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say true upside plays. I mean, there's some opportunities there, but I think they're going to be ones that fall. I'm not going to say too much about strategy or who's still on the board or who I'm targeting because there's a few guys I see in the chat that are in my league. Um, oh, but really? Yeah. Really? So I'm not going to, not going to give For away the good of the show. You're going to hide <laughs> what you're going to do next. I've been an open book. I've been, I've been sharing my cue with people. Chris, are Olavis you kidding next, me? By the way. No, okay. So, but it's, you it's, know, it's what's in the best interest of the audience, Cody. The the people that listen on the weekly know they should the guys be rewarded I'm, for listening. They know that they know the rookies I'm targeting. They know the backups we're targeting. They know we're, we're targeting the Madisons, the Whites of the world. And I have trust and belief that they're going to get back to me. And um, I'm going to shoot for those. Like the the reason for taking Singletary and Gordon is yes, they're going to start week one or get the opportunities week one. They're going to give me the eight to ten point floors. And if an injury happens, they're cemented into those spots to get seventy percent. But I still know in rounds 13, 14, 15, I'm going to get guys in similar opportunities or in similar situations that are going to have higher ceilings like a Rashad White. And um, I think there's a lot of darts to throw later, even down to like the Zamir Whites um, mm -hmm. that are going to be thrust into situations. So when you say, is Singletary going to be starting for you week 16? I hope not. I hope it's like a Zamir White. I hope it's a, a, a whatever, Tyrion Davis Price. I hope it's someone like that. And that's why I waited to take a running back and I loaded up on those receivers so I could ignore that. And at running back, my goal is that have these guys like you, you picked up Elijah Mitchell last year, have those guys already in the roster, plug them in as I go. And then when the league winner's already on my roster by the end of the year, he'll be the one I plug in week 16. Okay. We're looking at the ADPs. It's wild that Tony Pollard goes. One running back, RB30, ahead of Devin Singletary. I can't believe people are taking Kenneth Walker, Damian Harris, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire before Tony Pollard. That is just wrong. So my question, uh, this is for Chris, because he, he, he sort of initiated this conversation around this concept. I'm looking at some players that are going a few picks after Devin Singletary, a round or two after, that perhaps could be considered just based on upside. Would you consider Ramondre Stevenson to be one of those guys, Chris? You're saying as like a late round upside pick? No, as as a potential alternative to going with a Quarterall Patterson, to going with a Ronald Jones, to going with a, a little bit more of a floor play like a you know a, a Darrell Henderson. Would you prefer a Stevenson? Stevenson to me because he did show efficiency in the passing game, and they're going to be run first. Man, he seems to be really attractive, especially with his format rewarding first downs. Of all these guys, I, I could see him having the most upside. Yeah, I mean, it's there's this pretty decent sized tier of running backs we know have talent over just like a Samaj AP Ryan um, that have a path that just aren't week one workhorses. And it's a lot of those guys you just named. Um, you know, it includes Tony Pollard. There's no reason to not like Stevenson. The price is great. The upside is there. He has week-to-week -week 
um you know boom case because he could just yeah. score the the, the touchdown oh, you mean, could play you could play, if you you got to get stevenson next yeah i mean you could really push him i don't I don't mind even reaching on him. There's a really good case, and New England as a whole is highly underrated because people have just written off Mac Jones as not improving in year two, which is weird because um, he probably <laughs> will. So I don't understand that. And Damian Harris is just a guy. So, yeah, Stevenson played really well. I'm not worried about late-round rookie running backs added to the team. You know, New England always works this way. And, no, it's great. To answer your question, yes, I would target him. Okay, so I yeah. wanted him too, but Chris Gimino you know, friend of player profiler in Roto Underworld, Chris Gimino from Roto Grinders, took him in my league at the 10-11. So he was long gone. He's long gone. I can't get him. Rashad White's gone. Wow. He went to Mario Pilato from PFF. So I've got some good players in my league taking running backs I like, but for some reason, no one's taken Traylon Burks. So we'll capitalize on that. And then we'll settle for Ronald Jones, Alexander Madison. Just saying... My league does not have as many fish as maybe your league does. No one's taken a kicker yet. No one's done anything crazy. No, I've seen crazy. I saw Chris Godwin go as a top 12 wide receiver in my league. Whoa. Um, I Did can't I forget that nine. he was injured for like? Yeah, I guess. He went as the wide receiver 12 <laughs> in round four, and I cried a little bit. In round five. Wow. Oh, just a, a weird pick. But I... um. No, maybe you have more sharks. It's definitely possible. I The best way to always win in fantasy football is to take the guys that are being pushed down for emotional reasons. Like, oh, mm -hmm. we just don't like Ronald Jones. Like, okay, well, that's very emotional. Or like, we're concerned about breathing issues with Traylon Burks. Like, okay, well, I can't quantify that. So I'm going to draft him. And it's not like he didn't have breathing issues in college. Like, all of a sudden, now it's a, it's a problem. Like he had breathing issues in college? Yeah, well, he's at, he has asthma, so um, I would imagine. I mean, I'm speculating, but um, was it late onset asthma? Oh, it, it, I guess I don't know. I don't know I, what the hell it even means. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I don't know onset. what it means. All I know is Robert Woods is long gone. Robert Woods went at the eight twelve, so he was long gone. Would you rather have Burks or Woods? Burks, Burks. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I mean. Wide receivers coming off ACL is a lot easier than, say, running backs. But I think Burks, the reason why they traded A.J. Brown was because Burks was on the board. And they're like, well, get rid of, you know, A.J. Brown. We'll take Burks, who is somewhat like A.J. Brown. And, you know, we won't miss a step and we'll get younger. So I think their their offense is going to be um, devised around someone like Traylon Burks. What one of the uh lessons I learned last season? Um, there's a lot of guys that are good, they're good picks, they're fine players. You just don't need them to win a fantasy league. Like last year, I took Brandon Cooks in every league in the eighth round, and it was a great pick, but I didn't need him to win, and he didn't necessarily help me win. And I could have gone with higher upside, and that's Woods. You know, he's not a bad pick, but you can have him not on your team and still win a fantasy football league. He's not going to be needed, so I'm not really pushing you know to, to draft him more. Nate List has entered the chat. Nate List says, Scott Fish is going to name a wing of his home after me once my team is on the field. Just straight trash talk with nothing behind it. This is, this is, this is typical. Did, did Nate draft Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Nate is drafting in the same draft as me and Ray G. Okay. This is, Nate, this is Nate's team right here. Oh, let's take a look. So you can see Nate here, Ray G here, I'm down here. So he's basically saying if the Jaguars ascend... I'm the champion. Also, this is, this is what Chris was talking about. He's like, listen, if you're trying to win a 
tournament with thousands of players, you need to think about some outlier outcomes and assume one of those outlier outcomes actually hits and then build your team around that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, um, there's a good team. It's a little injured walking in for me, but definitely like Travis Etienne in round five. What do we think about? So he goes Etienne Lawrence with Christian Kirk, the Michael Thomas question marks. What about the Jones Dylan thing? Cause when I saw him do this, I was like, what? And then someone said it to him in the chat and he's like 25 touchdowns. I'll take it. And what do you think about the game theory behind Dylan and Jones, Matt? I've only told Nate not to do this. Who knows how many times, <laughs> <laughs> right? So I don't like betting against yourself. I'm much more of a fan of betting on a, a, a talent like Trevor Lawrence, putting it all together this year and what that means. I love that bet. I love stacking those chips on the Jaguars. I hate, I hate betting against Aaron Jones by also drafting A.J. Dillon because this offense isn't going to be good. That's the thing. They may be more run heavy because they don't have Devontae Adams. That would just make sense. Okay, but you're still betting on an offense that's going to deteriorate and stacking a backfield where the way to win this thing would be if one of those guys misses games in a critical time of the year. I, I mean, I'm... I'm fully in on, on Aaron Jones. Uh, I mean, I made a TikTok video a few weeks ago about it. Uh, I think he's going to be the, the the guy that gets a lot of those targets down in the red zone, especially. I think you're going to see him surpass the 80 target range. But, I mean, I'm also a fan of, of A.J. Dillon taking the next step up. Do I think he surpasses the 50-60% the range of opportunity? I'm not sure. What do you mean you're I, not I, sure? I'll tell you what's going to happen. It's going to be week 14. It's going to be the second round of the Scott Fish playoffs. And Nate Liss is going to get absolutely run over <laughs> by other good teams because the Packers are on their bye. Oh, no. <laughs> he didn't check the rules. He didn't check the schedule. The classic. This is classic Nate. No attention to detail, Nate. That's that's the <laughs> Nate. No attention to detail. Liss. Oh, my God. And, and he's victory lapping Christian Kirk. And Jacoby Myers, child, please. He needs to get some running backs who are actually going to play in the Scott Fish playoffs. All right, now he's only got Travis Etienne, so that's all that matters, I guess. I mean, I love that he doesn't have a microphone. <laughs> this is just <laughs> one-sided. And he's in the chat typing away like, hey, guys. No, no, he's here's, yelling. here's why. He's just <laughs> outraged in the chat yelling. Just, just, you can hear like the, the key. I feel bad for that keyboard. <laughs> this keyboard right now oh my god that poor keyboard that keyboard's seen better days man he has an ice bath for that keyboard after this it steam's all rising from the keys on the he's, keyboard. He's, he's, he's typing in all caps look at him he's clearly tilting he knows his team is terrible the way to fix this team nate is if you could go back in time and draft clyde edwards hilaire then you'd have a starting running back in week 14 The way to fix this team, Nate, is if you could go back in time and draft Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, then you'd have a starting running back in week 14. I guess that's the show. 
Once it goes quiet like that, I think we have a show. <laughs> yeah, I um, I don't think one we question from the chat. That's back. it. One question from the chat. Oh God! All the touchdowns. <laughs> Come on, chat. Give us a good question here. Well, a lot of people like the Ray G team you're showing. Yeah, I see that. And he got Cooper Cup in the second round. Anytime you get Cooper Cup in the second Cooper round, that's Cup interesting. In the second round. That's pretty impressive. And then he he, he got the, basically the, the firewall tight end, our firewall tight end, and TJ Hawkinson. Great value on Matt Ryan, as yep. you all talked about earlier. Great value on running back. Like, oh, Tony Pollard, where he got him? Get out of town. Oh, what? Man. Oh, yeah, he's got a nice Russell team. Gage, where he got him? Oh, man. So. Ray G goes Tom Brady, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel, Matt Ryan, TJ Hawkinson, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Smith. Come on, Devontae. That's the that's the big that's the fly in the ointment right there. Devontae Smith, Tony Pollard, Russell Gage. He oh what a what a dream team that is. Good for Ray. Yeah, it's a, a master class of working the league scoring settings and getting value at every position. Right. And knowing the schedule. Yeah, and those right, knowing the schedules. So those the the critical mistake of Nate Liz. So it's like, we, why, we got, why are all these why are these Packers you know falling in the draft? Oh yeah, because they have a bye week fourteen, dude. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, he's just missing. Uh, Ray Ray G's just missing Zeke to pair with Tony Pollard, and then Nate will love this team more than anything. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god, yeah. And oh man, this is wow, this is good. So he should dra- one thing Ray needs to do though. He does need to draft a late quarterback i think if matt ryan's your second quarterback you should have a third one who do you have in mind late at quarterback in the scott fishbowl yeah, that's a good question uh garoppolo in every super flex best ball style format and scott fishbowl because he'll probably play and he's free so yeah you get I, garoppolo at the end of drafts it was like baker as soon yeah. as baker signed he then he pops up in super flex it's yep. ludicrous to think that Garoppolo's not going to play. I mean, the only reason he's not signed is because he's healing and he'll be healthy for week one, probably. So that's really just the, the guy, him or Mitch, because at least true, true Bisky will get six to eight starts. It's possibly plays the whole season and he's not good, but it's a great team and the team could elevate him to some spike weeks. Yeah. If, if Garoppolo goes to Steelers, they're not really hating on someone like Claypool and Pickens because then it's just, we know Garoppolo throwing deep it just doesn't happen. So you really what about, boot- what about Garoppolo going to Seattle though? And then Seattle would weapons. be good. Yeah, that's what you want. You're hoping he goes to Seattle. Here's a question from the chat: Cliff Dog, hey, woof, woof, woof. What do you guys think of the running back situation in Atlanta? I I brought up Damian Williams as a Week One streamer, but what do you, how do you generally think that this is going to play out in Atlanta in the backfield? I think we're going to look, see a combination of looks. Uh, Cordell Patterson, of course, has the lead. Um, I don't know how good Tyler Algier is going to be, but he has a lot of promise. And maybe he, you know, he's your typical running back. You you don't want Cordell Patterson, you know, carrying the ball and touching the ball 25, you know, times a game. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's, there's not, as you mentioned, um, Williams is there. I, it's ugly. It's really ugly. So if I had to roll the dice on someone, because you're probably rolling the dice anyways, I'd go with Tyler Algier. Yeah, Algier probably gets the most volume. Um, Cordero Patterson has a bit of a uh, roll touch squeeze because Drake London now is a better receiver and Algier might be a better early down back. And what Cordero Patterson did last year was glorious, but almost impossible to see it happening again. And then 
I of these like fringy rookie running backs, Algier probably has the best route, you know, better than a guy like Damian Pierce, in my opinion. But Atlanta's just gonna be so bad for fantasy this year. <laughs> if you're not getting Kyle Pitts or Drake London, just draft other teams. It's yeah. not worth it. And I don't even know if Kyle Pitts' ADP right now is even worth it as far as just, you know, outside of Scott Fishbowl, where, you know, tied in five with, I mean, they're just going to do what they did last year, bracket coverage. And, you know, um, hopefully he can score inside the United States this year. Um, we're still waiting on that. So it's even Kyle Pitts is a big question mark for me. Oh, you know what? Last thing, too, for a late quarterback, Desmond Ritter. Perfect, like, 20th round. Scott yeah, Ritter's Fishbowl good. Guy. Sure. If he... It, plays five six weeks you could get a 20 point week out of him because he's going to be the quarterback eventually you know whether he starts week one or by week five because Atlanta's is just not going to win games and those fans are going to tell you okay time time to move on oh we got a ray g update ray g just dropped james cook the rich get richer <laughs> oh good for you ray he's killing james it cook. he is absolutely destroying nate list i love seeing <laughs> Reggie completely own Nate List. This is going to be something I bring up to Nate List. We're doing the Sonic Truth tomorrow. I'm going to bring this up. Of course, we're contractually obligated to talk about the Scott Fishbowl on every show we do. Gentlemen, great job. Bye, everybody. I'm still trying to get over the eyesore that was those back-to-back tight ends in Mike's draft. I'm not going to say for sure that's going to be the outcome, though, right? Because this is sports. We never actually know. Our oh, good man. Did you hear that, that everybody? <laughs> Did you hear that? Chris went, this is sports on us. This is sports. Oh, I can't just lock that in. The wins. He said this is sports. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's it. Good it's sports. <laughs> I'm not going to say too much about strategy or who's still on the board or who I'm targeting because there's a few guys I see in the chat that are in my league. And that's the whole second half of my draft is going to be running backs for that exact reason. So I would I would go receiver. I would double tap receiver. All right, so I'm going to go running back. <laughs> I've had it. I knew that was coming. Set you up, Cody. I don't like Claypool at all. Because the Packers are on their bye! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>